Good morning, Mosaic. Thanks again for joining us for our online service. We've been in the book of Colossians for the last couple weeks, and now we find ourselves wrapping it up in Colossians chapter 4. I'm so excited to see what God is going to do today uh, as we gather together in our living rooms, on computer screens, on phones, uh, wherever it is that you find yourself joining with us today. We're so glad that you joined with us. Would you join me in a word of prayer? God, thank you that you are here with us. God, that you never stop, that you are our way maker. So Lord, I just pray that right now that you would move through my words, that those who are joining online, God, they just hear from you what you need to hear. Thank you, God, for your word, that it is powerful. God, thank you for your spirit that equips us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but during this whole COVID-19 stuck at home, our family has done way more cooking than we've ever have done before. I expect someone to write that cookbook that's going to be called Cooking in the Age of COVID-19 about all the recipes they came up with while they're stuck at home and the random ingredients they found in their cupboards. And just in the same way, Kristen has been cooking so much. It's been awesome. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'll be gaining the COVID-15 during this time. But one of the dishes she has been making was she made biscuits and gravy. Now, my wife has never made biscuits and gravy before, but they were so delicious. And in fact, the biscuits were so good that Andrew scarfed them down and we decided to give Andrew a new nickname. And Andrew's new nickname is no longer Odrew, but it's now Biscuits. And I think that is a perfect nickname for Andrew. Andrew is my four-year-old son. He likes to wear a sweater with a tie on the sweater. And so Biscuits is just a perfect name for him. This week, as I was diving into Colossians chapter 4, Paul talks about how our words, our deeds, should be seasoned with salt. And that made me think about cooking. And what does that mean that our words, our actions, our deeds, our prayers should be seasoned with salt? And how do we live that out while we're here, stuck at home, in quarantine, uh, just with life shook up? Well, that's what we want to look at today. And uh, I just, I'm so glad that you are joining with us uh, in this series of Colossians. And I believe truly that God does want to speak to us, that his word is powerful. And although the circumstances may be a little different when Paul was writing, but actually things are very similar. See, Paul was stuck in house arrest while he penned the letter to the Colossian people. And in the same way, we're stuck at home, not under house arrest, but in a similar way, we're asking, hey God, what do you want us to do? How do you want us to live out this message that Jesus, the risen King, offers grace and salvation and hope and peace for each and every one of us? And that's what we're going to be doing today as we go into God's Word Well, you can follow along in your Bibles if you have them. You can even pause it, grab your Bible, or the scriptures will also be uh, uh, on our notes section. And we're going to read Colossians 4, uh, verse 2. Paul, again, he's writing to this brand new church in Colossae, uh, very similar to us. And these new believers are, are learning how to live out what this means, that they have been reconciled, they've been redeemed by Jesus, they've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And how are they going to live out that new reality? So we've talked about how we need to be clothed in love. We need to have the peace of Christ guard our hearts and our minds. We need to be thankful. 
Last week we talked about how the gospel starts at home and how do we live that out as husbands and wives as we mutually submit to each other, as we love one another. And, and now Paul's going to write this in, in verse four, chapter 4, verse 2. He says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. That's the ESV version. It says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. The NIV translation, which is what I grew up reading, says this, devote yourself to prayer. Another translator says, you could say, it says, prayer, devote yourself to it. While we've been in this season of uncertainty and COVID-19, something that I feel like God has really put on my heart is that as followers of Jesus, we need to get back to getting on our knees and to devote ourselves to prayer. We believe that prayer is powerful, that prayer can change things. I think the most powerful weapon that we have right now as we wait for things to change is to pray. Pray for uh, 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 answers. Pray for our doctors and our nurses. Pray for our teachers who are learning how to teach online. Pray for vaccinations. Pray for a cure. We want to devote ourselves to prayer. There's a lot of things we can't do. We can't gather together as a large group, but we can pray. We can continue steadfastly in prayer. And when we devote ourselves to prayer, it's a formative process that happens over time. The more we immerse ourselves in prayer, the more God changes us to align our hearts with the heart of God. And Paul says that we are to be devoted in prayer by guarding our prayer life. How do we do that? In thanksgiving. Paul wants them to devote themselves to prayer, and the way to do that is by guarding their prayer life in thanksgiving. One of the ways that we prevent our prayer life from being all about us and our own needs and just kind of self-centered is by devoting ourselves to thanksgiving. That when we start our prayer time and just saying, God, thank you for a warm home. Thank you for internet connection that we can connect online even when we can't gather together uh, as a group. God, thank you for food and, and running water and just so many gifts that we have. Say, God, thank you that your Holy Spirit meets with us in, in living rooms and kitchens and bedrooms and wherever we are. I don't know about you, but during this time, man, I've fought just the battle of anxiety and worry and, and the unknown. But I know that when I turn my, my heart and my mind towards Thanksgiving and, and who God is and the reality that he loves us so much, man, that's one way that guards my prayer life. Paul continues on. He says, at the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Paul says, hey, you church body, pray for me that I can be clear in sharing the word of Christ while I am trapped at home. Paul prays that doors would be opened even while he's at home, penning these apostles, writing from prison. And I thought, man, same prayer that I have. That Would you pray for me? Would you pray for all the pastors who are sharing the word of God? That they would share it clearly. That, that the word of Christ would go out. That people who are logging on and, and watching, they would see that there can, they can find grace and forgiveness. See, God is at work through the apostolic preaching of Paul and others, and this work must be supported and reinforced by the intercessions of his people. So I think what happens so often 
is people who are gifted in preaching and teaching or have the gift of evangelism will make every Christian feel like, hey, you need to be out uh, evangelizing people and you need to be preaching the word of God like, like I am. And I think we do disservice sometimes. That's not what Paul says. Paul doesn't say, hey, all you Colossians, preach like me. Instead, he says, hey, pray for me so that the word of Christ can go out. You don't have the same calling as someone like me or, or other pastors or evangelists, and that's okay. We're going to get to what your part is. But he says, pray for me. Would you right now just maybe stop and just pause and pray that God would use uh, this video, this, this message, this worship, so that those who are looking for hope would find it? Would you pray for all the churches who are now meeting online, that the word of Christ would, would go out, the mystery of Christ, that God would open doors. Maybe people that wouldn't be receptive normally to walking into a church, they can log on, they, they can see what is this whole Jesus thing all about. And the message of Jesus is dangerous. The message that we don't come to God based on what we can do, but by what Jesus did. And that everyone, male, female, Greek, slave, master, everyone is invited into the family of God. Such a radical message that that's what Paul found himself in chains. He's in prison. But he says, pray that the, the, the mystery of Christ can be declared. Would you, would you pray the same thing? Next Sunday is Easter Sunday. I know it seems crazy. It doesn't feel like it should be Easter already. And sadly, we won't be able to gather together as, as a large group, but we'll be gathering online again. Would you pray that next Sunday that the mystery of Christ would be clearly revealed to people who need to find hope and healing through Jesus Christ? Would you pray that, that God would use this time as people are stuck at home to, to know that, that God created them, that God loves them, but that us as humans, we've sinned and fallen short of that perfect standard. And so the penalty of that, the price of our rebellion, is an eternal separation from God. But because of Jesus' death on the cross, dying the death that we should have died, that now those who put our faith and trust in him can find salvation. Would you pray that next week as we celebrate that fact of the resurrection, that that mystery would be clearly proclaimed. Paul goes on in verse 5. Now he's addressing the rest of the church. He says, Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul tells the Colossian church to walk in wisdom. Let your speech be seasoned with salt, that you know how to answer, to be gracious. See, walking in wisdom towards others lays the foundation for a gracious witness. When we pray, God, help me to know how to love and serve my neighbors, that allows us then to share the good news of Jesus. Paul says Christians are to work at making their witness interesting, lively, colorful, at the same time to ensure that we've mastered the rudiments of the gospel message so that we know how to answer people who ask, hey, why do you live this way? In the midst of so much uncertainty and anxiety, why aren't you worried? What kind of hope do you have? And see, when salt means at this time was used to preserve and to flavor. In the same way, our words are to preserve life, to flavor our conversations, to make people thirsty for the living water of Jesus. Believers are to pray like crazy 
for the word of Christ to be declared and also to conduct ourselves in a way that is to provoke unbelievers to question, why do you believe this way? And to, to enter into this dialogue. Okay, tell me more about this Jesus that you follow. Like, wh what does that mean? Live in such a way as to make the teachings of the church, the teachings of Jesus, attractive to your neighbors, to your, to your co-workers. I think often we think, well, that just means living a fine, upstanding, suburban life. You know, just a middle-class life as good citizens. That's good, but the reality is living that kind of life, just like everyone else, isn't really something that's going to provoke questions. It's, it's not going to be this salt. Instead, we, we need to live in such a way with radical faith and generosity and love and hope that people say, okay, what is different about, about you? And we need to be propelled outward into the lives of our neighbors and also upwards into deeper intimacy with Jesus. And that's what I want to wrap up and just talk about what does that mean? What does that mean to be propelled outward into the lives of our neighbors so that the message of Jesus will go out, that lives can be changed, and also upward into deeper intimacy with Christ? We've been saying that Paul writes to the Colossians that Christ is in you, or Christ is in y'all, the hope of glory. So what does that mean? How do we press into Jesus? Well, one thing I want our kind of our small groups to do is to answer these questions. Uh, as you continue your study or whatever you might do, I'd, I'd love just as you get together with other believers just to answer these questions. And we're going to talk about this, that how are you blessing people? How have you been listening? What are you learning? And then to continue to pray. So what does that look like? Number one, to bless we talk a lot that, that one of our main reasons we exist is to serve others. This word bless, what that means actually is to add strength to another's arms. To add strength to another's arms. To bless others is to build them up, to fill them with encouragement, to they increase in strength. What does it mean to add strength to someone else's arms? Anything that relieves their burdens in life. Anything that helps them breathe more deeply. Anything that lifts their spirits or alleviates their distress. It can be something large, it can be something small. While we're stuck at home in the season of quarantine and COVID-19, I want us all to be asking, how can I bless my neighbors? How can I bless those around me? Gary Thomas wrote a book on uh, the five love languages. And there's some great things in there, but I think those also apply to us as Christians wanting to love our neighbors, not just for your spouse. And I want to highlight three of those things that I believe that we can do even here while we're stuck at home in this uh, uncertain season. The first is words of affirmation. Words are powerful. Uh, so much of the Bible talks about that words can, can heal, words can kill, words can build up, words can break down. You can bless someone this week by words of affirmation. That could be a simple text. Hey, I see in you. This, that the hand of God is upon you, and I see that, that God has equipped you to be the, the homeschooling mom that, that God's called you to be. Man, getting attacks like that can just lift your spirits. Just saying, man, I so appreciate how encouraging you are to other people. Uh, you know, maybe you want to give them a phone call. Or write them a card. Our words can bring such life to people, and it doesn't really cost us anything. Second one, acts of kindness in your own home as well as to your neighbors. You know, could you take maybe one of those, two of those extra uh, rolls of toilet paper and drop them off at your neighbor's house? 
You know, could you check in on maybe some elderly neighbors around you? Hey, is there anything you need? Is there any prescriptions that I can pick up for you? I've seen a lot of people, just as an act of kindness, uh, doing chalk drawings at the end of their driveway or, or art in their windows so that kids in their neighborhood can, can go on a bear hunt or whatever it might be. Those are all acts of kindness. It's a way of showing the love of Christ to those around us. Uh, and then gift giving. A gift can show the recipient that he is known, cared for, and valued. Uh, even in this season, like I know Amazon's way backed up, things are taking three weeks, but maybe you were, are blessed financially and there's someone in your life and you thought, man, you know what? That person would really benefit from receiving this gift. And so you can go on online and, and, and you buy them a book and you have it delivered to their house. Or last week, uh, Kristen, uh, there were two people in our life that were just going through uh, a really tough time. One, our, our good friends in Wisconsin uh, found out that he's diagnosed with, with COVID-19 uh, and, uh, and someone else who was in the hospital. And so she found a Groupon and sent them flowers. And that's just a way to, to bless them with, with a gift giving. That flowers showed up, uh, that, a reminder that spring is coming, that life is here. And I know many of you, maybe you've lost your jobs and, and just doing that kind of gift giving, it's not possible right now, but can you do words of affirmation? Can you do some kind of act of kindness? How can you bless your neighbor? See, when we live unexpected lives by blessing others, by showing that our lives isn't just about us, about others, what happens often is that people then question us. Why do you live this way? What makes you want to do that? It's one of the best opportunities we have then of sharing this hope of Christ that is within us. And to do that, we need to be attentive to the needs, the fears, the hopes, the yearnings of our neighbors, of those that we're doing community with, in order to bless them appropriately. If you know that someone struggles with this, then you know maybe the best way to bless them. So as you get to know people in your small group, your neighbors, listen to how the Holy Spirit wants to tell you to bless them. And if I'm going to encourage you to bless others, it'd be irresponsible of me to not tell you to encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Here's what Bruce Demarest in his book, Satisfy Your Soul, he writes. He writes, A quieted heart is our best preparation for this work of God. The goal is simply to permit the Holy Spirit to activate the life-giving word of God. It means we need to learn how to listen. That our practice of generosity and hospitality must be intentionally nurtured and sustained by the disciplines of solitude and silence and prayer. Here's what Thomas Merton writes. He says, It is in deep solitude that I find the gentleness with which I can truly love my brothers. Solitude and silence teach me to love my brothers for what they are, not for what they say. See, unless we practice time each week sitting and listening to the Holy Spirit, we're in danger of appearing no different than our frantic, harried, and busy neighbors. Now I get it. During this time, I'm struggling to find any kind of solitude uh, with four young kids around. And so Chris and I had to be very intentional about saying, all right, you take a walk now, get some solitude outside, or you know, shut and lock the door in the bedroom or the office so that you can have just some time to breathe. And I wanna encourage you this week to mark it on your calendar, just one segment of time in the next seven days. And try this out for the next couple of weeks, just, just one segment that you're devoted to listening to the Holy Spirit. And in that, I really want to encourage you to not have worship music on, uh, you know, not have a book in front of you, but to really come in and just offer yourself as a prayer and say, okay, God, I'm here to meet with you. And set maybe a timer for about 20 minutes 
And it, it's gonna be awkward if you've never done that before, but just as a simple centering prayer. Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm here. I'm here to listen. Who is it that you want me to bless? What is it you want me to reveal? And don't be surprised as you sit, as you wait on the Holy Spirit, if the, if the devil doesn't come and bring these accusations against you and remind you of, of sins or the ways you feel unworthy and just reject that because we have an enemy. But instead say, nope, nope, I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am rescued in Christ. I am made new. Christ is in me. And then sit and wait and see what the Holy Spirit reveals you. We, we want to sit quietly and open ourselves to him. And then finally, we want to learn Christ. We need to know him if we're going to share him as the reason, the hope that we have. As we bless others, as we listen to the Holy Spirit, we need to know this Christ who's in us. And so we want to immerse ourselves in the Gospels. I want to encourage you during, during this season of, of uncertainty just to dive into one of the Gospels. The Gospel of John is one of my favorite. Uh, two years ago with the whole Gospel of Luke. Um, and maybe you want to try reading a chapter, a night, or something. Or you can read through the whole Gospels in one setting. Uh, the Gospel of Mark, the average reader, will take about 90 minutes. The Gospel of John, about two hours. Uh, Matthew and Luke will take you about two and a half hours. If you've never done that, um, that's a great thing to do. Just set aside you know, two, two and a half hours and read through a whole gospel from start to finish. And you really get a sense of, of who Jesus is, you know, how he lived his life, his teachings, his miracles. Uh, if you spend much time around me, you know that I am a big, big Russell Wilson fan. Uh, I love him. He's my favorite pro athlete. Uh, I know so many random facts about Russell Wilson. Uh, like the fact that he wore the number 11 in high school because he thought that those vertical stripes would actually make him appear taller. Uh, he's only 5'10", and he knew he had to be like 6 feet to be considered an NFL prospect, so he wore the number 11. That he wears the number 3 now uh, because uh, the, he wants to be empowered by the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why he wears the number 3. Uh, you know, I know so many random facts about Russell Wilson. Russell Carrington Wilson, in fact, that I love talking about him. I admit, though, sometimes I'm not as passionate about talking about Jesus. And there's probably something in your life, too, that you know so much about and that you are, you know, just willing to talk about that person. You have to know so many facts. And I don't mean to shame you, but I think all of us, we need to know Jesus. We need to be immersed in the stories of the gospel so that then we can talk about him. We can be excited. This is who Jesus is. Do you know what he did? That he would eat with anyone. The, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners, the, the outcasts, those who were untouchable, unlovable. He touched them. He healed them. He spent time with them. Isn't that amazing? And tell our friends, that, man, if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel like there's hope, that Jesus came to give you hope, that he's the kind of, of person who wants to know you and, and he loves you. But we, we can't have that excitement unless we learn Christ. And so I want to encourage us in our small groups, I want us to, as we check in with each other, or maybe you have, you know, an accountability partner or just your spouse, and, and in our regular basis, just catch up with you and say, hey, here's how I was blessing someone this week. You know, and, and then as we share these things, we'll inspire one another. Hey, that's a great idea. I never thought to text this person or write them a card or, and here's how, here's what I've been listening to the Holy Spirit. And here's what God has been speaking to me in my quiet time as I've been listening to him, as I've been waiting on him, as I've had some time in solitude. And, and here's what I've been learning about Jesus. Here's what's jumped off of the page for me is, you know, I've read this story before. I never really thought about, you know, 
what this meant, that Jesus did this or that Jesus said this. Church, we are called to, to pray, to bless those around us, to, to listen to the Holy Spirit and to learn Christ. And that is my hope and my prayer for you. If I've been, as I've been talking about this Jesus who changes lives, this Jesus who touched the untouchable, this Jesus who invited sinners and prostitutes and, and, and those outsiders into his family. If you've been watching this on your phone or your computer or wherever, and you're like, I don't know that Jesus. Man, I want to invite you. That you can find forgiveness. That although you're created to have a relationship with him, that our sins separate us from God. And so we fall under this burden of sin and guilt and shame. But Jesus came, he died on the cross to pay the price that we should have paid, and he rose again, defeating sin and death. And now Jesus says, put your trust in me. If you confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And today you can be saved. You can have a relationship with Jesus. I want to invite you to respond on, on your screen. There's going to be a, a button you can click just to, to make this commitment. But would you just close your eyes? Would you just pray with me? And all I'm going to invite you to, to the simple prayer of just, Jesus, I give you my life. Just, just offer that to him, that Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone who may be watching, that they would know that although we are sinners, imperfect and under the curse of sin, that we have a Savior, and that Savior's name is Jesus. And that Jesus died on a cross, but that he rose again. And now he invites us into newness of life, into redemption, into a relationship. So God, I pray for those who are feeling the, the weight of guilt and shame and uncertainty and with COVID-19 and the coronavirus and wondering that if I died, what would happen? God, I pray that they could know, they could have a relationship with you, that when they die, they'd be with you forever. They could feel that peace. So Jesus, I pray for everyone who's watching it and to make that decision to follow you. And God, that right now that you would turn them from death to life, that you would make them a new creation. You would redeem and restore them. God, that they would be adopted into your family. God, we thank you. It's nothing that we do, but simply what Jesus did on the cross and then rising again. Lord, I just pray that they would just give themselves to you right now. As we just pray, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give myself to you. In your name we pray, amen. If you made that decision, to bow the knee to Jesus, to accept his free gift of salvation. Man, we'd love to just connect with you, help you take your next steps, uh, just to walk side by side with you, even if it's digitally, uh, but to walk with you through the gospels, just to help teach you how to listen to the Holy Spirit, how, how to know Jesus. And for those of us who are followers of Christ, would you continue to pray with me that the, the word of Christ would be declared with clarity, that the message of Jesus would go out during this uncertain time. We're going to now move into time of worship. And as we, as we respond, we're going to just kind of praise him together in our living rooms, in our kitchens, wherever we're watching, as we just sing these words that he is our way maker, that 
his name, the name of Jesus, that there's power there. Would you join me now as we move into a time of worship?